Welcome to the Happy Healthy Life Podcast with your hosts, Rob and Randy, who reveal the truth, the lies, and confusion about health so that you are no longer the victim to mainstream medical dogma and you are the hero to your own happy, healthy story. Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Healthy Life Podcast with your host, myself, Rob, and Randy Johns. What is up, guys? What is happening? Yeah. Uh, finished up a good morning. Texas had a great, yeah. uh, great time up there with good, uh, good morning, Texas. Just <laughs> uh, teaching uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area about metabolism, losing weight, health. Today, what we want to do is we want to just want to talk about what the latest is out there in the health news to be able to make sure that you guys can decipher um, the truth from the lies. If you uh, if you turn on your TV uh, and just listen to anything for about three to five minutes, you've already probably been fed at least two or three different narratives, agendas, lies, things that are used to create fear and panic. Uh, and remember that whoever creates the fear and the panic, they're the same people that sell the pill. So let's uh, let's dive into this because yeah, there's some things that are trending right now in the health world that let's expose it for really what it is. Because I think one of the things we always talk about is in, in order to really take charge of your health, you also have to really know what health is. And once you know what health is, now it's really easy to identify and to decipher what is real and what is fake. Yeah. So let's go through these and, and, yeah. and play real, real or fake. Okay. Okay. All and right. So let's do it. Let's, 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 let's do this. All right. So here's this headline right here. This is in U.S. News. Okay. Uh, came out uh, today, as a matter of fact. So this is Orange County declares health emergency due to viruses. Wow. Have we heard this before? Uh, same, same song and dance. Yeah. Just, just different virus. Right. So yeah. now, so what they're talking about right now is that all of these babies or children are going into the hospitals in, in, in Orange County, they're in a state of emergency because of this. Okay. So these kids are going in there because they've got, um, the, some of the symptoms are stuffy nose. They, they can't breathe. Um, and they're running a temperature. So all of a sudden they've got these, these viruses state of emergency. And so it says that the local health providers are seeing an early spike, early spike in the flu. The flu, I thought that was gone. Well, it, it went away with COVID because nobody got the flu anymore and everybody was dying with and from or from COVID or with COVID. So flu went away and now it's back magically. How did that happen, Dr. Rob? And, and now it's only attacking certain children in Orange County. Uh, according to the news media there. Yeah. So let's keep reading. So <laughs> local health providers are seeing an early spike in flu and respi uh, respiratory syncytial okay. virus or RSV, RSV cases. Yeah. And while COVID-19 cases are currently trending down in the region, oh God. a triple whammy of all three viruses circulating at the same time could lead to strains on the already overburdened medical system really okay wow. and so it, it what's 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 interesting too is that you know some of you guys listeners you guys may not know this but sometimes when it comes to medical intervention in a, in an emergency situation yeah you may need it so a few years ago i had a back surgery mm -hmm. and it was right when all the covid stuff was happening and when i was in the hospital because at the time they were saying hey there's a shortage of beds in the hospital so while i was there in the hospital at that time when they were saying there was a shortage of beds because of COVID. And I asked them, I said, how many people 
are in the hospital right now because of COVID. And they said, there's, there's one on the floor. And what they were doing is the reason there was a shortage of beds wasn't because there was a shortage of beds. They didn't have enough people that wanted to come to work. So they would close down entire floors and they would say like this floor, this floor, and this floor aren't even open right now because we don't have enough nurses and enough staff to be able to staff those floors, which is why there's a shortage of beds. It wasn't because of COVID. It was because of a shortage of staff. Yeah, but that's not how they presented that to us and not not the way the media presented it. And so so I'm glad you said that, though, because I want to kind of de-ice the runway a little bit before this plane takes off and we really dive into this thing hardcore. Listen, we're not saying never go to a doctor. We're not saying uh, drugs and surgery don't have a place. You know, I broke my leg in high school. Very thankful for the doctors, the surgeons, the nurses, the medication, the morphine. Very thankful for all of that. What we're saying is I still wouldn't go back to those same people and ask them how to stay healthy because our system that we live in in America, this healthcare system isn't a healthcare system. It is a disease sickness care system that only is utilized. It should only be utilized for emergencies because all it does is treat and manage conditions with drugs and surgery, but that's not healthcare has nothing to do with health. You can't poison somebody into health and you do need all your organs. So cutting out organs doesn't make you healthier. So we have to start thinking about the system in a completely different way. For emergencies, thank God for it. But for health, it's like going to a mechanic and asking for a haircut. Your mechanic doesn't cut hair and it doesn't make them a bad person. So it doesn't make the doctor a bad person because they have zero training in how to create healthy people. It's just what they're trained to do. So know what they're trained to do. Know who sponsors the drug. The drug company sponsors the curriculum. Doctors are trained to diagnose and treat disease with drugs and surgery. And that's what they're for. They'll never, ever be able to teach you how to be healthy. And that's really what we're talking about. Not saying the system is bad. It has a place, but it has zero place in our country to create healthy people. Because look at all the money we're spending. Yeah, we're sicker now than ever before. The numbers don't lie. Absolutely. Yeah. And here's what was really interesting is even in the hospital, because they always ask every for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, hey, you know, it's time. What do you want? And yeah. I refused all of the food there because if you've ever was even hospital, food. because it's not food. <laughs> and so yeah. here, here's what was really cool is that I was refusing the food and having food brought into me that was good, healthy, whole, real food. Yeah. And then the nurses started asking me questions because they would, they go, okay, what do you do for a living? Right. And so we got on that topic. And so then they started asking me for advice, for health advice, yeah. not sick care advice. And so I got to be able to teach them about health, what it is that we do, why it is that we do the things that we do. And that was really cool because case in point, they just aren't taught that in school. And so, so let's get even further. So check this out because this is going to go into the next article that I just found on here. It says, while there is no vaccine for RSV, Orange County's health officer said children at risk or children and at risk individuals should keep up to date on the flu and COVID vaccinations, wear masks indoors and stay home when sick. Okay. So get this, and we'll unpack that even when it comes to health, like what it is that you're saying. Check out this next article. This is, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. The next article says experimental, what kind of vaccine that they just said that there was no? RSV, shockingly, for pregnant women protects infants against severe illness, Pfizer says. Wow. So guess what? Conveniently, how in the world did this just happen? They just said that there was no vaccines, but all of a sudden 
Pfizer now magically has another vaccine. So what is happening right now? Is this the same Pfizer that has committed um, racketeering, fraud and murder through the drug Neurotin? Is that the same company we're talking about? Convicted felons and nobody went to prison over any of that. And they made money hand over fist as they lied to people. Is that the same company we're talking about? That is the same exact company. Wow. I'm sure they have really our best intentions at heart. I really trust everything they're saying. It sounds like these are also the same people that lied to us about the COVID vaccine and said, this is going to protect you and that you were going to die if you didn't get the shot, which we now know the shot is completely worthless. It's not innocuous, but it's worthless in preventing anything because it didn't prevent transmission. It didn't prevent infection. It didn't prevent people from having a worse outcome in the hospital. And now we're seeing people dying, right? There's a whole new illness created called what it's a, 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 versus uh, infant death syndrome. It's adult death syndrome yeah. called clot shots from the shot. People are dying, having heart attacks and blood clots from this shot that they told us is going to protect us. So that's the same company now magically showing up as they're creating the panic and the fear through the media with RSV infecting children. Now magically showing up, showing up now with a vaccine as if we needed one more drug and chemical pumped into our body. Are you freaking kidding me? Yep. So that's that's what's out there. So you got to you got to really look at the media and who really controls that. Yeah, because obviously it's some really deep pockets that are out there pumping out the fear. Then all of a sudden they have the solution to that. So that right there is yep. marketing 101. Dude, it's it's and a brilliant so- model, right? You're, you are creating the fear. You have to think about what you're listening to and what we're being told when somebody is. And here's here's a good rule of thumb. When somebody's trying to scare you, a red flag ought to go up in your mind because when they can scare you and create fear, they can now control you. When you have fear, you scramble the part of your brain called the amygdala and you no longer can use logic or reason. And so there's a real tactic that they're using to create the fear, to scare people, to lie to people, to create that panic. And then magically they show up with the pill that's going to be the cure. It's like I've said before, really the medical system, the way they do this is they walk up to you, they pull out a bat, they break your legs, and then they hand you crutches and say, see, the whole system is set up to drive and create fear. That way people flood to their doctor and trust their doctor's advice. And this vaccine is just another feeble, it's just a a ridiculous attempt at trying to create um, health from a a toxic chemical or a pill or a poison, which cannot be done. If you give drugs to a healthy person, it makes them sick. How is giving drugs to a sick person going to make them healthy? What about the immune system, Dr. Rob? Absolutely. What about the immune system? Why do we gloss over that? Why do we jump straight to a vaccine or a drug or a doctor when God already gave us this incredible immune system, which by the way, There's not just two or three viruses or the ones that they now tell us to worry about. There's millions of viruses on us at all times. If germs and viruses and bacteria caused death and disease, we would all be dead and there'd be nobody living to talk about it. The germ theory isn't true. It's the terrain, right? Flies don't cause garbage cans, right? If you clean out a garbage can, flies don't show up. It's all about the terrain. The virus is only as strong as the host is weak. And that's what you have to realize and remember. Absolutely. So so let's talk about then the host, because obviously 
what it is that we're just talking about right now is is not the answer. The answer lies within you. It's your immune system, yeah. just like you said. So we got to make sure that our bodies are as happy and healthy as possible so that we never have to worry about all of that crap right there. And that's where fear no longer exists. Yeah, Fear doesn't exist when you actually trust um, the light or the life inside your body that totally. God put in there. So let's, let's give our bodies more access to that life. Yep. And so let's look at this article right here. It says, uh, it says the five best breakfasts for rapid weight loss experts say. Okay. Okay. So number one, they're telling you, okay, absolutely. If you're going to lose weight, you need to eat breakfast. Okay. Okay. So we'll talk about that. And then these are the, these are the five best foods for breakfast is what it is that they're saying. Let me see here. Okay. It's it, they've got smoothies, chia pudding, eggs, avocado, and veggies, sweet potato toast, and cauliflower porridge. Okay. Oh God, there, there are answers. And here's what they're saying uh, is they're saying in the article, they're talking about the fact that with intermittent fasting, for example, which is something that we talk about, they're saying now that people lose weight because of intermittent fasting, because they're taking one meal out. Yeah. So they have one third less calories going into the body, which is the reason that those folks lose weight. So they're right. now going to what we've talked about in the past, where losing weight isn't about calories in calories no. out. It's about how well your body is actually efficiently burning the calories that are coming yes. in. So food does matter. That's going into your body. Even when you're putting in that obviously it matters. So that right there is where this is already flawed from the very beginning, yeah. because if you are eating something, for example, like sweet potato toast, okay. Sweet potato toast, number one, is you've got the grain, which is going to spike your insulin up first thing in the morning, which is going to spike your cortisol levels up, which puts your body into a state of fat storage, yes. not fat burning. Yes. Because then what the article goes on to say is that what you really need to do is reduce the amount that you're eating in these three different things. So guess what? They're right back to decrease your calories. The very thing that they said wasn't working as far as the fasting stuff goes, they're telling you to do. So they're speaking out of like both sides of their mouth only because that was the education that we had been given from the very beginning. So yeah. they're just saying eat healthier foods, which there's nothing wrong with eating the healthier foods. But why is it then that this would be flawed? Or I guess a better question is, why would it be better to break your fast later in the morning, rather than getting up first thing in the morning and eating breakfast, which was actually propaganda put out by Kellogg's way back when and sure. the that they had between them and post to get more people to buy Kellogg's products. Right. Yep. So it was never a, a scientific thing that breakfast was the most important meal of the day. I'd say it's really important, but what matters more is when you break the fast. Yeah. And what do you break in the fast yes. with, right? Which is very, very important, but there's a phenomenon that goes on in your body called the dawn phenomenon. And so when you wake up in the morning, remember, we're really, we're hunters and we're gatherers. And so first thing in the morning, waking up and eating really isn't the best strategy because your body's already preparing you for the day with the dawn phenomenon, where what will happen is your body will begin to secrete cortisol which will now cause the liver to release glucose, stored glycogen in the form of glucose into your bloodstream, which is going to give you the energy in the morning to be prepared to go hunt and to gather. So eating to get energy is the most ridiculous thing in the world, especially in the morning. Now, there's nothing wrong with eating breakfast, 
But thinking that you have to eat to have energy to start the day is completely not scientifically sound. And if you think about it, how do you how much energy do you have after your Thanksgiving meal? What happens to everybody? I'm out <laughs> before the end of the first quarter you, of the Cowboys. You, and yeah, usually they they lose uh, on Thanksgiving. So, really so yeah, it doesn't really, I'd rather sleep through it anyway. But yeah, you think about eating a big meal in the morning, that, that's not going to give you energy. That's gonna actually going to make you tired. You're cranking out insulin. And remember, you cannot burn fat in the presence of insulin. And it only takes about 30 to 40 calories to actually cause insulin to release, which breaks you out of that fat burning mode, plus the the ability for the body to create growth hormone and optimize sex hormones is halted. So later eating is a great way to start. If you're not, if you're like, where do I start? Maybe just start eating a little bit later instead of waking up first thing in the morning and eating. But the the whole calories in, calories out thing is ridiculous. It has nothing. Calories are a myth. It's not even a real thing. What does your body do with the calories when you eat it? Because you think about it, you take 100 people and all give them the same meal. All 100 are going to metabolize the food differently, all based off their metabolism. So if you want to eat breakfast, that's great. But think about breakfast is break fast. What are you breaking your fast with? Because that will set your metabolic tone for the next 24 hours. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So with that being said, what would be something, a really good food that somebody could break their fast with. Yeah. So always stick with number one, pick a great protein source, you know, so protein is a great way to break your fast metabolically speaking, plus it creates satiety. So you're going to be full longer when you eat protein. So when you eat, always have a great source of protein, obviously in the morning, you know what I'm going to say, I love eggs, Dr. Rob. I love eggs. I love eggs and I love cheese and I love SCT oil and I love bacon. And so for me, that's like the perfect. So maybe some, some avocado, some bacon, some uh, cage-free eggs. Obviously that matters as well, getting quality food, you know, chickens that are eating insects, not raised in cage under artificial light. Um, and then obviously cooking in an SCT oil to get all the short chain fat. So that's like the perfect breakfast for me is some coffee, some eggs, some bacon, and then like some cheese, uh, make sure you're using like organic raw cheeses or even European cheeses that are aged. So I've got lots of probiotics, lots of enzymes. And when you age a cheese, you reduce the amount of sugar in the cheese. So hard cheeses that are aged, European cheeses are, are filled with hormones and antibiotics. If you're going to buy cheese in America, make sure it's organic, because obviously in America, we pump cows full of hormones and antibiotics and all kind of crap, plus the stuff that they're fed. So grass fed is always best. So great way to start the morning. If you're going to have breakfast, kick it off with some healthy fat, some good proteins. And also I like fruit as well. Fruit's a great source of real nutrition. There really isn't a lot of anti-nutrients at all in fruit. So fruits are amazing. I like raw honey on occasion, but eat things that are real. And that's really the key, but always make sure you're eating some type of a protein and some type of healthy fat. Love it. Yeah. All right. Last article and uh, we'll be gone. We'll still be here, but <laughs> we'll we, still got, be we here. got stuff we got to do today, right? There's a lot we, going we, on today. We, I love we, it. We We're very productive. Know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So here's, here's, a, here's this last article. It says this, it says, let's see, weight loss tips. Apart from oh, this diets, good. focus on these things when burning calories. All right. Okay. Again, back to the burning calories. Yeah. Right. And when you see it, it says, okay, number one is you should get at least seven to eight hours 
at night of sleep. That's okay. recommended. That's actually not a bad thing. Hey, I love it. Sounds, so, it sounds great. Yeah. So you got to get your sleep because that's when your body is healing and repairing. Yes. So which is why sleep really is critical. So you oh, got to get sleep. Okay. So important. The next one is your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. What they're saying is that's going to include every unplanned activity or movement like walking, breathing, household chores, gardening, all of those kinds of things, yep. because your body is expending energy. Now, here's what I'll say to that. That's not a bad thing because exercise is a good thing. Absolutely. Okay? But when you're exercising with the expectation that that exercise is needed for you to lose weight and you're doing that on an unhealthy metabolism, that's where you're going to have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Exercise is not for weight loss. It's for your health. Yes. So if you're using exercise to lose weight, you're using it inappropriately or you'll beat yourself up and say, if I wasn't lazy and went to the gym more, then I would deserve to be at a good weight. It has nothing to do with that. Plus, we already know scientifically, it takes 3,500 calories burned to lose just one pound of body fat. So you're talking about a 34-mile walk, 70,000 steps on the Fitbit, yeah. right? You know, eight hours a week on the treadmill. Like It's not even really uh, feasible to think that you're going to exercise yourself in a weight loss. So get your body moving. The benefits of exercise are incredible. But yeah, if you've got a bad metabolism, you can jump on that treadmill all day long and you're not moving the needle. And if you're listening right now, you're like, that's me because I'm a workout warrior and I can't budge. It's not your exercise. It's your metabolism. Absolutely. And when you have a healthy metabolism, even, even like this morning, I was, I exercise, right? So yes. 5.30 AM, I'm up, yeah. I'm exercising, I'm getting my walk in. Yeah. But here's what I wasn't doing is I wasn't going, hey, <laughs> I'm walking right now to burn calories so that I can lose weight. No, I'm walking to be able to make sure that my body is healthier, yeah. more healing's happening inside there. Uh, it helps to be able to de decrease stress, Absolutely. podcast, pray, meditate. All those things are all really great things, which yeah. brings us now into the next thing that they say is decreasing stress, managing stress levels. Is there really a such thing as managing stress, right? That's <laughs> because who who doesn't who doesn't actually have some kind of stress in 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 their life? Why would you want to manage that, rat? And right? some stress is good, right? Like oh, yeah, gravity called, is a stress. Yeah, if called, we didn't have it, you float off the planet. <laughs> yeah, the good stress is called eustress versus yes. the bad stress, which is called distress. You have to have some kind of stress yes. on your body in order for it to get stronger. Absolutely. You never get stronger in anything when you avoid a challenge. So having stressors are great and it's all about adapting to the stress. So when you no longer can adapt or when th things begin to break down, and remember their body doesn't know any difference between physical, chemical, or emotional stress. It's just stress to the body and it has to adapt. I remember even uh, our good friend, Dr. Hilu in Spain was talking about just 10 minutes of that uncontrolled stress where you get that anxiety and that pit in your that pitting pain in your stomach like 10 minutes of that is like drinking a liter of whiskey on your liver the same effect you didn't have one sip of alcohol yet that 10 minutes of stress that you couldn't control that was overwhelming had the same effects metabolically so you got to think about that's why doing the things that we talk about with the happy healthy life helps you adapt better to those stresses because the reality is stress is going to be there and you can't get rid of it all anyway but how do you adapt to it and that's the name of the game absolutely one of the things that i love to be able to help to be able to reduce the bad stress is to after i do the exercise is really then begin my day through journaling meditating 
reading, writing, getting all of the the bad crap out of my head yeah. for whatever reason is really yeah. cathartic to write that down on a piece of paper yeah. and do that as a, as a way to be able to get rid of those bad things. That way your cup is starting off from a good place, you know, first, first thing in the morning. Yeah. And just, you know, and just and think about the people that you hang out with and who you do life with. That's very important to your, to your health. Even like, I love when we went to go hear Stefan speaks. Yeah on uh, this last Sunday night, uh, a mentor of ours, a good friend. And I just loved being around him and his team and, and people like that because they just have great energy. Yeah. So when I'm around great people, it brings my energy up. And the best way to reduce your stress is being around great people and smile and laugh and have hope for a greater future. And so that's a good, good thing. And that's a, that, that's yeah. a great segue into the next yeah. one because the next one was your environment yeah, and, and how yeah. that actually affects you, right? So totally. the environment, the people that you're around, what it is that's that's, that's around us yep. and making sure that also your environment, as we're talking about even food, for example, mm-hmm. is making sure that we've got good, healthy things around us, yeah. right? Because there's going to come that time. What do we always say about willpower? Willpower it will let you will down. Let you down. <laughs> and if you've got crap yeah. food around you, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna come into that time where maybe you did have more stress that day. And what do you what's the first thing that you reach for or you want when that happens? And and it's just a physiologic thing. Oh, it's neurological. When you have that yeah. that, that physiologic stress. Yep happens, your cortisol levels go up. And what does cortisol do? And then insulin's going to go up. When cortisol goes up, insulin's going to go up. And now you're you're craving craving sugar, sugar. right? Yeah. So it's a real phenomenon that's happening physiologically and neurologically. So if you crave sugar, there's a reason why. And it's probably because maybe there's stressors in your life that you're not adapting very well to. Yeah. So make sure you don't have that ice cream in the refrigerator. Right. So that you don't go get it. Cause heck, I'm like MacGyver when it comes to like, <laughs> sure, I, I, I'll make ice cream if I have enough things that have sugar in the house. Yeah. I'll figure out how to be able to make it. Right. Oh, if I and wanted so- to eat bad, you can't do it at my place because there's nothing in my place that's bad. And that's on purpose because, yeah, sometimes, you know, making a bad decision maybe is the convenient thing after a long, hard day, but just keeping that stuff out of your house is key. So, yeah, you're not just your, friends in your environment, you know, what type of foods and things are you keeping around yourself that maybe you shouldn't be doing? Yeah, um, so it's a lot harder to make a bad decision when you got to get back in your car and go somewhere. Yes. Heck with DoorDash now, though, it makes it even easier. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I've never used it, but yeah. but yeah, yeah. So when I'm making a bad decision, it's it's the bad decision happens with with an apple, some blueberries, yes. strawberry. Yeah. That's my bad decision. I'm like, oh my gosh, right? What yes. do I have? That's what yeah, I have. Dark so. chocolate, some raw honey, you know, a piece of fruit, something of that nature. Yeah. yeah. Have your, if you're going to have the treat and the dessert, at least make it real food. Because at least if you make that decision, it's not the worst decision because exactly. your body really knows what to do with real food. Remember that nobody's getting fat and obese and sick eating real food. So maybe it didn't, wasn't perfectly timed out. Maybe you ate it late at night but it was still real food and your body knows what to do with that. Yeah, absolutely. So create an environment where good things are more more likely likely to happen. happen. So there you go. So with that, that's, that's our closing remarks right there. You guys have a great day. Thank you guys so much for listening again, share it, like it, comment, you know, give us, give us a, review. We love your feedback. The feedback that we get from you guys has been great. So thank you guys so much. Yeah. We love you guys. Thanks for listening to the Happy Healthy Life Podcast. If you enjoy the show, 
Make sure to follow them on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at The Happy Healthy Guys. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts.